Welcome to Films from the Phantom Zone, your podcast about failed and forgotten comic book movies, where we watch a forgotten superhero movie and decide, does this belong in the Phantom Zone or out and about for everybody to rewatch and remember fondly? But we are here again with another review, so we're not doing any of the things I just said. Yeah. <laughs> Berto, what movie are we reviewing today that is currently out in theaters? <laughs> we are reviewing Shang-Chi and The Legend of the Ten Rings. Only in theaters for the next 45 days. Actually, 45 days from like five days ago. So like 40 days. 40 more days. <laughs> and then I think it'll be on Disney+. Plus. Time code's in the description. We are going to do background first. We got a lot of characters to talk about. There's just a lot going on in this film. Absolutely. <laughs> that requires a lot of uh, background, I think. We're going to go through that. Then we're going to actually talk about the film without spoiling it. So spoiler-free talk before we actually like start spoilers so if you're listening now you haven't seen the movie yet that's fine just you know if you don't want to ruin it for yourself just stop talking stop listening when we start talking just spoilers. stop talking yeah. <laughs> and get out of here and get throw your phone out the window okay so this movie first of all it's called shang chi and the legend of the ten rings which i thought was kind of odd because it's like the first movie for this character and i'm just thinking like it should have just been called shang chi you know what I'm talking about? Like, there's a subtitle? Yeah. But it seems to me they really wanted to kind of, like, connect with the Ten Rings and make these al- allusions to Iron Man. Oh, absolutely. So, this is great, because it gives us an opportunity to talk about Iron Man 3, the worst movie in the Marvel Universe. Mmm, there's many worse. Thor, The Dark World, Captain and, Marvel. And how Iron Man 2 <laughs> is way better. <laughs> <laughs> so, Iron Man, the first movie in the MCU, right? In that he's, when he's kidnapped, he's kidnapped by the terrorist organization called the Ten Rings. Right. Right. Now, in like in the comics, there is no terrorist organization called the Ten Rings. He's abducted by a different group of people. Right. Who I didn't look up. Do you know who those people I are? I don't remember. Okay, cool. <laughs> by calling the terrorist organization the Ten Rings, it's just an allusion to the Mandarin, which is like the ultimate Iron Man villain that they right. didn't really want to do. Right. Correct. They wanted to allude to it, but they didn't want to like commit to it. Yeah, pretty much just putting it off. By Iron Man 3, they kind of come back to this point and decide to do the Mandarin, sort of, right? Kind of. Now, again, if you don't know, if you haven't seen Iron Man 3, it's actually Aldrich Killian, who's a different character, who just creates like this persona for the Mandarin. And he hires an actor, Trevor Slattery. And it's a twist that a lot of people don't like in that movie. I was fine with that twist. I like the twist a lot, actually. And I really like Trevor Slattery. And I like... His depiction of the Mandarin. Like, yeah. Like, I bought into that villain up into that movie. And just because it's a role, it's a, like, that doesn't ruin it for me. I thought it was still. Yeah. If anything, it's it still pretty good. Trevor, a little bit more of an impressive character. Yeah. So, in order to kind of break this down, we have to talk about three, two different characters. The first one being Fu Manchu. Do you know Fu Manchu? I know the stereotype. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> so it's a character written by Sax Romer in the 1913 novel, The Mystery of Dr. Fu Manchu. The character went on to be extensively featured in books, movies, radio, comic strips, comic books. And as most recently as 2007, <laughs> he was portrayed by Christopher Lee five times in the 60s, most famously, and Nick Cage. In Grindhouse. Grindhouse. Oh, that, uh, I remember that. He's just in the fake trailers before the movie. Yeah. And it's like a cheeky nod to like Christopher Lee playing the character. Again, Christopher Lee, British actor, and he's playing a Chinese like supervillain. 
So he's like a character in like mostly pulp novels, right? But again, like like I just said, comic books, radio plays, the whole thing. Kind of like a Sherlock Holmes type where like more popular than any one medium, right? Right. Chinese evil genius, known for his trademark mustache, product of and also successful because of like Yellow Peril, which is this xenophobic fear of Asian people invading Western culture uh, that was prevalent during the last century became an archetype and inspired characters like the Mandarin, but also straight up was like in Marvel in the 70s in the comic Master of Kung Fu, which is Shang-Chi's book. As the father of Shang-Chi, there were licensing issues after, I guess, like their rights expired to use Fu Manchu in the comic book. Okay. And that led to Marvel canceling the book. And then later it's retconned that Shang-Chi's father is a sorcerer named Zhang Zhu. Zhang Zhu? I don't know. How, look, by the way, we're gonna, there's a lot of Chinese names I do not know how to pronounce. It's difficult to pronounce it <laughs> yeah. when you haven't heard it. So Yeah. In one universe, he's a Mandarin. I'm going to get into that, too. Also, fun fact, he is one of the villains in League of Extraordinary Gentlemen alongside Professor Moriarty. The thing is, he wasn't in the movie. Okay. For, again, obvious reasons. nobody they didn't wants to do it. <laughs> nobody wants to put this character in a movie again because it's a weird racist stereotype. So that's Fu Manchu, right? In the comics, we have the Mandarin, who's a different character. Introduced in 1964 in Tales of Suspense as an Iron Man villain. Uh, and he has the Ten Rings, right? Correct. So the Ten Rings is not a, a terrorist organization in the comic books. It is literally... Ten uh, Rings. Ten Rings that he wears. They all have different superpowers. I'm going to read through them real quick. Left pinky to right pinky. Ice Blast. Mento Intensifier. So it's like a psionic energy makes you like like Control psychic people. sort of, yeah. Create illusions, etc. Electroblast, Flame Blast, White Light, Matter Rearranger, Impact Beam, Vortex Beam, Disintegrator Beam, and Black Light. So obviously in the movie he doesn't have those kinds of ten rings. He has ten like bracelety rings. Which I think translates better, honestly. I would think I would have preferred I like it. But I see that they're, like, trying to distance themselves from the, the problems of the comic book no, version of... No, they're, I think they're trying to distance themselves from Thanos. Oh. Who had... Oh, with the... We just saw him using five different powerful stones, each with their own different power. Yeah, it's almost like the same thing. And how he's, like, combining them in different ways. It's like, this is kind of the same thing, so I get that. And then Mandarin is also... I mean, if you kind of look at him, he is not literally Fu Manchu... But he is part of that kind of archetype influence. Yeah. Right? Well, the older depictions of him, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And even like newer depictions, every time like a Mandarin thing comes out, they try as hard as they can to like redo it better. Like, I don't know if you remember the, did you watch the Iron Man cartoon? I've seen bits of it. I've seen one episode. It's horrible. It <laughs> <laughs> did not age well. It probably wasn't good then either. Um, <laughs> in that, he's not even Chinese. He's just a regular guy. Who found like the alien rings oh. and then his skin turned green. And so he looks like an alien. Okay. But he's like not Chinese at all. He's literally so, like, like an alien bad guy. Yeah. And he, <laughs> yeah. So like even then they're like already just like trying to distance themselves from this like Fu Manchu stereotype. But for the Iron Man 3 twist, now that we kind of went over Fu Manchu and the Mandarin, 
basically you have three options here, right? And I, that's what, why I understand what they why they did what they did. But you have three options. Either you put the comic on screen. And usually that's like what we're saying. We're like, yeah, just do that. Put the comic on screen. If you do that, you've basically put Fu Manchu back on screen. This is yeah. a racist stereotype and like this Asian villain, right? And this whole yellow peril thing. Number two you can do is you can whitewash the character, right? Which is sort of what they kind of did by like saying, okay, well, instead of making a like a racist caricature, we'll just make him white. And then it's not a problem anymore, right? We're not being racist. But right. then you kind of get into like, well, you you change the role and, and you whitewash, right? Which is what happened with the, the ancient one. In that, Doctor Strange. That was a complaint of the ancient one. But the ancient one is also kind of a caricature when you when you look at that character. Yeah, like a Asian mystic. Yeah. Yeah. And they did what they thought was smart. It was like, oh, let's give it to a woman. Like, yeah, yeah she's white. But <laughs> I think that character worked really well, though. And I love uh, Tilda Swinton, and I, I think that's fine. you know. But again, they went with number two. Right? right. That's how they got around it. Or number three, you try your best to do justice to the character at risk of, like, rewriting its origins. Which will piss off a different sect of people. Exactly. So, so it, it's a lose-lose-lose situation. And for Iron Man 3, I think what they went for was a combination of two and three. Right, we're gonna put a guy up there, and he's. You're gonna try your best to look like the Mandarin, although we're also gonna whitewash it, right? <laughs> because they put Ben Kingsley in like a green robe, and he had the rings, and yeah. he had the beard, and uh, he, he does look threatening as hell. Yeah, and it's you're right. He sells it. He does a great job. But then you've you know they had to rewrite the whole thing and say, well, we got to put a twist on it. He's uh, just like a, an actor, a persona, or whatever. But had they actually casted an Asian in that role and done that. Now you're getting into, like, you know, having an Asian supervillain against a white, like, protagonist. protagonist yeah, and you get point. into this problem of, like, okay, well, why is he the bad guy? Like, this is this just yellow peril light? Like, what are we doing here? So a big selling point of this film, Shang-Chi, has been we're going to actually show the Mandarin. Correct. And that leads me to All Hail the King. Do you want to explain what All Hail the King is? Yeah, it's basically, it's something called a one-shot, and Marvel made a few of these, mostly during, like, phase one slash early phase two, and they're, like, little short films that tend to, like, you know, have, like, self-contained stories. Yeah. Kind of like... Mostly just for fun. <laughs> honestly, yeah, mostly just for fun. This one, All Hail the King, though, actually had, like, ramifications in the MCU, I, I guess. Yeah, because people were upset that they went with number two slash number three on my list of the yeah. three things you can do when you have a racist character and they wanted to see a mandarin like a real villain in that role right correct yeah in all hail the king basically he goes to jail it's on disney plus now actually it's the only one shot on disney plus yeah the rest are just on copies of dvds that you have to track down <laughs> <laughs> like we did the other day Trevor Slattery, the actor, goes to jail and he's kidnapped by the Ten Rings organization because they're upset that he was taking the Mandarin's persona and, and his name. Yeah. And they take him away. It's really good. It's Marvel basically saying, we're going to do it, I guess. Eventually. But it's too hard. We'll do it later. Yeah. <laughs> it, it was their way of telling them that, like, hey, this character that you've been waiting to see does exist in this universe and he is going to be threatening, but... It's not this guy. Right. It makes it seem like they're about to just kill Trevor off, too. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they take him away, so. Yeah, and this little short film, this one shot was made all the way back in uh, 2014. Yeah, so it was a year after, yeah. basically as soon as people got upset, they're like, all right, we got to <laughs> yeah, we gotta do something. <laughs> throw <about> this. <laughs> this in, yeah. Uh, so that's really good. Check it out. Okay, and then Shang-Chi, the character. 
Debuted in Special Marvel Edition number 15. <laughs> Great title for a book, Special right? Special Marvel Edition. Basically, it was, just, it was a way of just kind of like doing new things. Yeah. Stories called The Hands of Shang-Chi, Master of Kung Fu, as Marvel had the copyrights to Dr. Fu Manchu. Shang-Chi was written as his son to be the hero, right? And most of the villains, most of uh, Shang-Chi's villains at the time were supporting characters in the Fu Manchu books. So this was just Marvel doing Fu Manchu. Right. Yeah. Because <laughs> Fu Manchu has like a protagonist. Because he's always the villain. He has like a counter. A, a nemesis. Antagonist. Yeah, he has, he has a nemesis. No, he is the antagonist. Well, he has a nemesis. He's so, a like, protagonist of his own story. He's always the villain though. the the protagonist is actually i I didn't write it down it's a guy who is always like trying to catch him okay yeah so when marvel kind of like licensed these rights to to dr fu manchu they're going to like make their own hero to fight him and it's his son shang chi which is a even at the time like kind of a cool twist to throw in there again they're just kind of banking off this like fu manchu craze right yeah Uh, even though it's already like it's the early 70s okay yeah there's still a bit of that. What's it uh, called? Yellow. Yellow peril. Yellow peril. I'm, it's also Vietnam. So. Oh yeah, this yeah. was definitely going on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's there's still plenty of yellow peril going on here. In the comics, like we said, he is Fu Manchu's son. But when, like I alluded to earlier, Ed Brubaker uh, retconned it so that Shang Chi's father is a character named Zheng Zhu, having taken the mantle of Fu Manchu temporarily. And that was because they had lost the rights to Fu Manchu. And also they may not want to have done it anymore. <laughs> uh, again, he has no relation at this point to the Mandarin. But by 2015, in Secret Wars by Jonathan Hickman, another version of uh, Zhang Zhu actually takes up the mantle of the Mandarin. In his own universe. In his own yeah, universe. Secret, Secret Wars was a lot of universes like coming together and stuff. Yeah, I think he technically belonged to the Ultimate Universe. He was kind of the end of that. Oh, yeah, because that's that's the event that ended the Ultimate Universe. Right, okay. right. And I may be wrong, but I, I want to say it was either that version or, or a different version of Zhang Zhu, who is the Mandarin. So there is some precedent to this of making the Mandarin Shang-Chi's, Shang-Chi's father. father. Yeah. And again, the Mandarin is sort of based on Fu Manchu anyway, so might as well just like it all kind of like combine it all together. It all comes together yeah. in the end. And within the context of the MCU, this works fantastically because it's a brand new story. It's a new character, new franchise yep. that piggybacks off a core concept in the MCU is who is the Mandarin <laughs> from the beginning of the MCU yeah. almost from the, from Iron Man one. Yeah. People, we, we see the Ten Rings within the first five minutes of runtime. Exactly. Yeah. That mystery has always been there. It's always been kind of behind the scenes, right? So that's all I have for the comic-y background history stuff. Um, so let's just move on to talking about the movie. Okay. We're going to do no spoilers for a bit, spoiler-free, and then we'll do spoilers for people like, you know, if people are listening, they haven't seen the movie yet. Put the spoilers at the yeah. end. Birdo, don't fucking spoil anything. <laughs> um, I'll try not to. Shang chi you've seen it twice now. I have. Do you want to talk your overall thoughts? You want to... Before I start kind of breaking it down. I really, really, really like this movie. It is a lot of fun to watch. The fight choreography is amazing. I think they did a really good job with as much story as they had to like kind of tell you pretty quickly. They did a pretty good job with that. Yeah. And as far as uh, origin stories go in the MCU, I think this is one of the better ones for sure. Mm-hmm. Because, I mean, this is a character most moviegoers probably haven't heard of at all yeah 
And See, you got a lot of praise. <laughs> I do. I like I said, I like this movie a lot. I loved it. I think you said we got out of the theater. You're like one of your top MCU's. Yes. Oh wow. Absolutely. <laughs> I, okay, so like, I think it's good. I think it's pretty good. I think it has a lot of flaws, and I don't know if those flaws are. I'm not sure how much they bother me, or if it's just kind of like me personal. You know, okay. like they just. I wanted to see it again, and I should have before we did this. I don't know if it's like me saying these are real flaws. That, like this is something I, I I don't think is very good in the movie, or is it something that I just I don't like? You know, and that's something that we talk about a lot. We try to be as objective as we can, separating like things we think that are good and bad, and things we just like or do not like. Right. Right. Those are completely different metrics. But if we want to talk about what's good, unequivocally, like you cannot argue this is the action. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, action is top notch. Choreography is top notch. Shang Chi is the master of kung fu. It was in his title of the book, right? Right. He's supposed to be the best martial artist in the entire Marvel universe. So when this movie is announced, the promise that Kevin Feige was basically like selling us implicitly is this is going to be Marvel's first like kung fu movie. <laughs> you know, and if you're a fan of kung fu, then fucking good because like there's a lot to enjoy in this movie yeah. if you are. On that selling point, it over delivers, I think. Yeah. Like over delivers because a lot of times movies are sold to you as like, hey, we're going to do this and it's going to be kind of kung fu y. And then it's kind of not. Yeah. You know, this is one of the better, if not one of the best Western made kung fu movies. Yeah. If I could compare Mulan, Mulan was supposed to be like, hey, we're going to remake Mulan and it's going to be basically be like a Disney kung fu movie. And, and there is of that. there is very little fighting in that movie. Yep. And they casted two of the best martial artists alive, Donnie Yen and Jet Li. And they didn't do anything. Jet Li doesn't fight at all. And Donnie Yen does a very impressive demonstration. But that's it. Yep. He doesn't fight anybody. He just does a demonstration. He did more fighting in Rogue One. Oh, yeah. That was, I mean... <laughs> You want a Kung Fu uh, Star Wars movie, there's a chunk of it in there, right? <laughs> so I wanted a Kung Fu Marvel movie, and I got it. And for that, I'm very satisfied. A movie's choreographed by a man named Brad Allen. Remember at the end of the movie, we're like, oh, who, who's in, that? In loving memory. Yeah, 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 yeah. An Australian martial artist and stunt designer who studied under Jackie Chan. He was part of Jackie Chan's stunt team. Okay. Only member who's not Chinese. And this film's dedicated to him because he passed, like, last month. So he just yeah, very, like like right before right, the movie released. Yeah, right before the movie came out, and he's pretty young. He was like in his forties, so that really sucks. Also, this is a mix. It's got a mix of a lot of forms of martial arts, uh, including kung fu, um, as in wushu, uh, tai chi. They do some krav maga. They do some other things. I was reading. I'm not really an expert in martial arts, <laughs> but I thought that was very interesting. Do you want to talk about the actors? Yeah. Simu, Simu Lu. Simu Lu. I think, I think that's how you pronounce it. I think it. that's how you say it. <laughs> I, I like them. I, yeah. Honestly, like he, he has this like, I don't know if charisma is the right word. He seems like a very like relatable guy. I was going to say, I, you literally took the word out of my mouth. I was going to be like relatable. Yeah. He just seems kind of like one of us. Like, like an everyman. Yeah. And that's not like putting him down in any way. Like, no, he's still, he's a very handsome man. Like, <laughs> yeah. don't, like he should be a superstar. But for whatever reason, like he doesn't come off as like your Chris come, Evans. He doesn't and, come off as an actor in, like, in a good way. Robert Downey Jr., yeah. none of that. Like yeah. he just and maybe because he's kind of a small actor. Yeah, he's like he's a fresh face in the grand scheme of things. Did I send you the tweet that he sent? No, I retweeted it. I don't know if you saw it. You know that he used to be a uh 
or at some point he did um stock photography stock photography yeah <laughs> and he's super disappointed at how often he seems sees himself in it and he's been sharing all these pictures and and he just re- he just tweeted a picture of a stock photographer because the thing is people are also like like finding them and posting them or right whatever. a stock photo of him with some co-workers and he's smiling pointing at a computer screen and he's like me laughing at all the people who thought this movie was gonna flop that's pretty funny <laughs> there's one of him as like a construction worker there's one of him as like like in a board meeting <laughs> so he's pretty small actor mostly done tv stuff and he tweeted Marvel a few years ago when this movie was, like, announced. I actually remember that. And, and I was like, who's this guy? Yeah. And he tweeted, he was like, Marvel, call me. Like, Shang-Chi, like, let's do this. And maybe it's, like, wishful fulfillment, but, like, obviously he got the role. He got the role. And honestly, like, he killed it. Yeah. Apparently they weren't considering many other actors. Like, they, they had a small list. I mean, they didn't really come out and say right. it or whatever. But, like, he landed it pretty quickly, apparently. Well, I'm sure him, like, openly being interested in it kind of caught their attention a little bit, too. Uh, yeah. He had already studied some martial arts, like, for fun. Oh, okay. Obviously, he learned a lot more for this Right. For this I know role, he had, but... like, actual training done for this movie. Yeah. And you know what? It kind of helps that you get someone who wants to do the training. You know yeah. what I mean? Because it seems like that's kind of the biggest part of this role yep. is that he needs to kind of do the kung fu, right? Yeah. You don't want a situation like... Um, Iron Fist? Iron Fist, yeah. There was a lot of issues, I think, with multiple things with that show, though. You know, you see, not that long ago, like, the stunt choreographer basically said, like... The actor didn't want to do the training? Yeah. yeah. He implied it very strongly that, like, the actor... Didn't, I forget the, the guy's name. Uh, that he just Finn didn't want Jones. to... Finn Jones. Finn Jones, yeah, thank yeah. you. He basically just didn't want to train. However, and it shows in the show, the girl who plays Colleen Wing... Yes. She went above and beyond and in the training. And she fucking kills it. That show. And she's the best part of that show is watching her do her stunts. Her and, and her all the drama of the Meacham family. <laughs> you don't want to repeat of that where you say this guy's the best martial artist and then he doesn't do very much they don't, martial arts. Or you arts. don't show it. Or yeah, or you It's don't just show implied it. that he's good at it. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, I get that. Yeah. Otherwise, I, I liked him. I'm going to get into it more in, when we talk spoilers, but. No, no, he he was great. I'm a fan. Yeah, Aquafina, she's she's a stand up comedian, and she's been super popular in the last like two years. Yes, she's in everything now. And so when I found out she was going to be in this movie, I was a little afraid that she was just going to be herself and like every other role, because <laughs> she's a stand up comedian turned actor, and a right. lot of times those people are just they're just them in the movie. Yeah, do you know what I mean? I was sold on her character. Yeah, well, that's the thing. Like I said, I was afraid she was going to be playing herself, and she is, in fairness, but it works. I liked it a lot. Yeah. I like her. But she was like just in Raya. She was in Raya in the she last was in Raya. Raya. She was the dragon. She was in Crazy Rich Asians. Crazy Rich Asians. It's like, I was just afraid if it was going to be kind of like Kevin Hart, where every movie. He's mo- just Kevin Hart. He's just Kevin Hart in every single fucking movie he's in. So it's like, what's kind of the point? Like, I like Kevin Hart a lot. I think he's funny, but like, if I'm going to have more than one movie with Kevin Hart, and then there's just Kevin Hart movies. Yeah. You know, I don't know. But no, Aquafina worked for me. She was like kind of herself in the sense of like, you know, she was just like funny, sassy, like sarcastic. Yeah. But in the context of this movie, it works because she plays off of uh, Simu very well. Yeah. Like they they play off of each other very well. There's really good chemistry there. They they really did. Yeah, I, I totally buy it. I think they really got along and they became friends because he is in her TV show now. Oh, she has a show called Aquafina is Nora from Queens. 
she plays like a fictionalized version of herself. Okay. And like her story or whatever, because her name is Nora and she's from yeah. Queens. <laughs> I think she picked the name Aquafina because it was like funny or something, or she like oh. saw a bottle of water. I remember hearing the story about it and I was like, well, that's kind of dumb. And then she mentioned about how it was kind of <laughs> dumb. dumb. We were in agreement on that. So <laughs> Tony Lung. Long, 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 long. Uh, he's, yeah. He plays um, Zhu Wenwu, uh, Wenwu, a.k.a. the Mandarin. He was amazing. He's a prolific <laughs> Hong Kong actor. Okay. Yeah. He was in Lust Caution. Among I have a, not seen that. Among a bunch of other things. That's Ang Lee's uh, very sexy movie that oh, he made. Okay. Meaning I've seen that man's penis because I saw that movie nice. in college. My friend was like, hey... They're playing the NC-17 version of Lust Caution on campus as like an art thing. You want to go see it? I was like, yeah, sure. Let's go see a weird, <laughs> awkward movie with too much sex in it. <laughs> no, but every time he was on the screen, I feel like he kind of like stole the show. He was good. Very good antagonist to the movie as well. Yeah. Without spoiling anything, they, they really do a good job uh, with the villain. Yes. Um, there's a surprising amount of depth to him. Yeah. It doesn't just, and I'm gonna get, to, I'm gonna get more into it in spoilers. It doesn't just make Iron Man three a little bit better. It really justifies that decision that they made then. Now, you know what I mean? Because, yeah. like, looking back at it retroactively, you're like, yeah, they made the right call. And before we saw this movie, you know, we could have debated it of whether what they could have done and and what of those three options that I listed they could have done better. But like at the end of the day, like I, I don't believe they could have done anything better. And this makes like, his portrayal in this movie makes that better, I think. It makes him at least very appropriate. I thought he was amazing. And then, I don't know how to say her name. Uh, oh, yeah, that's <laughs> difficult. Uh, Meng, Meng Her Zhang. She plays Zai Ling, and it's the sister. Okay. She is an amalgamation of two characters. Zhen Bao Lu, who is the evil daughter of Zhen Zhu, and that is the renamed Fu Manchu. And then also a new character called Sister Dagger sister dagger yeah sister dagger is part of like five villains and they all are named after their weapons their so weapon. there's, there's, okay. there's brother something there's sister something else oh okay it, it sounds less weird in context i guess yeah so they basically took the daughter character so that the daughter of fu manchu who is from the books also and then mixed her with like the attributes of sister dagger including like her look and her weapon all right yeah she was pretty badass i don't think she had as much charisma or as much of a presence on screen as the others but she was still good yeah no i really liked her i could have sworn i've seen her in something else she looks so familiar and then i looked her up and i'm like i've never seen her in anything else <laughs> that's kind of all i've got here spoiler free i want to talk a little bit more about the flaws that bother me a little bit but i don't want to spoil anything it's kind of difficult i guess but before we move on though like like i said i think it's pretty good i really did like it but there's a couple story things. There's some weird effects that kind of I thought were strange. And there's a character thing. <laughs> so it's like I can dance around it for a bit, but I don't really think it's I can all, like, do plot it. Related. Yeah. Well, sort of. So I guess that's all I got for spoiler free. I guess I couldn't do it. <laughs> <laughs> but you really liked it. Yes. I'm going to have to watch it again. I liked it, but I don't think I liked it as much as you did. And I think I liked Black Widow a little bit more. All right. Let's get into the spoilers. The nitty gritty. Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. From here on in, we're going to spoil the movie. It's going to make it a little bit easier to talk about. Yeah. So if you have not seen it, stop listening. Or I guess if you don't care. So watch the movie first. 
So first and foremost, I think, the ballad of Trevor Slattery continues. Yes. And he's clean now. I like how he's zen this time <laughs> around because he was very like... Eccentric? Very eccentric, very quick-witted, kind of like all over the place. Yeah. Because I guess the drugs. <laughs> <laughs> um, like he couldn't finish a sentence before. Right. You know, and now he's very like calm and he speaks very slowly. He's almost like a person now. Yeah, I mean, I guess it's... He's a... still a little bit eccentric and like a little weird, but like he's much more normal in comparison. Yeah. I kind of wish that they, I mean, I I get it. I kind of wish that they hadn't have released All Hail the King the week this movie came out. Because all it told me was Trevor Slattery's in this movie. Yeah. And it kind of like took the surprise out. But I'd be disappointed if he wasn't because if you watch All Hail the King, that's what it sets up. Yep. I mean, it doesn't really. They could have said they that they killed him. They could have said they killed him. They killed him. He's dead. Yeah, exactly. Because at first there's a conversation at the dinner table where Wenmu explains basically the plot of Iron Man 3. Mm-hmm. And they could have just yeah. ended it at that with that being the reference. Because he even says that his name isn't the Mandarin. Yeah, I'm glad. Okay, so you brought <laughs> that up because I want to talk about that. But the only other thing, I kind of wish he had done an ole, 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 ole when he was, with, he was teaching yeah, the soccer. Because he did that in Iron Man 3 and he did it in All Hail yeah. the King. <laughs> so yeah, I feel like that's sort of a missed opportunity. Yeah, well, they went with the offsides joke. <laughs> yeah, which is still good. <laughs> But, like, score a goal and then have him kind of dance and sing or whatever. Yeah. That would have been fun. But, yeah, the Mandarin. I'm glad you brought that up because Bravo. Like, great character, great motivations. Absolutely. So sympathetic. And what I was talking about when we were talking spoilers free, this solidifies and justifies the twist in Iron Man 3. Yeah. It's almost like... I can't speak for everybody, but it's almost like they fixed the problems that people had with that twist. And I'm sure there's people that are still not happy about it. No. But no, you, you can't please anybody and fuck those people. But <laughs> like we said, you had three options. You could either put it on screen and have it be racist. You could whitewash it. Or you can kind of rewrite the character and have him be Asian. And they did a combination of two and three. You know? Yep. And going back, like after this, I'm like, yeah, what else are you going to do? Are you, like you can't put the character to life and not have it be a racist character no you just can't do that and so in this movie they went hard with the three with the like doing yeah. justice to the character well, in their own way the way th- the reason this one works out i think is because this is a completely asian story oh you absolutely know, the hero is asian and it is just as much about like them as people as like it is about their culture and yep. it, it's just all in all like an asian story and if you're gonna have an asian villain you can't Make him the villain of, like, your white poster boy. Yeah. You know what I mean? It becomes problematic. And I'm not saying you can't ever, ever, ever have an Asian villain. But, like, it works right b- now, it's not the time right now. <laughs> and it, it works better this way, honestly. But to your point, by making this a mostly original take on the Mandarin, because this isn't what he is in the comic books, like, at all, almost... What this movie is doing is almost like a meta commentary on the Mandarin in comics and what they did with Iron Man 3, I yep. think. Because, again, Aldrich Killian and Trevor Slattery take his persona and they make it into a Fu Manchu-like... Well, I mean... Not, not Fu Manchu. Not, not Fu Manchu but... anymore, but it's still kind of like a caricature. It's still like this very... It's very uh, racially fueled. Well, what... I mean, in Trevor Slattery's words, he said a... A uh, very... Um, unflattering, unflattering depiction, depiction of your depiction father. Of your father. <laughs> yep. Um, and now we get to see kind of the truth behind that depiction, right? Yeah. 
And what when we were said, he says that he was offended by Trevor and him being offended by like Trevor's portrayal, portrayal of, him. of him. Thank you. Is how real Chinese people feel about Fu Manchu and the Mandarin. Yep. You know what I mean? So like this movie is just saying like, yeah, what Iron Man 3 did and what Trevor Slattery did is basically what, you know, those novels did and the comics did to Fu Manchu to poorly depict Asian people as like supervillains trying to ruin their way of life. Right. And this was even mentioned like seven years ago in All Hail the King when the Ten Rings agent is talking to Trevor and he's like, my master's like very upset with like with you. Right. Because of Iron Man 3. Yeah. So on the whole Trevor Slattery thing real quick, I like I never understood where is that where's that persona? Where's he from? Is he American? Unclear. Yeah. I never got what like I like it. I like the the whole I think it's just supposed to be vague You'll never see me coming. coming. Just vague <laughs> foreign threat, basically. But he has an American accent. Sort of. And it, is it an American accent? Like, it, I don't it think is, it's American. It, well, it is Who American. like that? That's the thing. It is an American accent, but it is... It almost sounds and plays like an, an American accent as taught to someone who's not American. Yeah. You know? Okay. Or like, because it's not, you can't pinpoint it to any one location or anything like not that. Not America, at least. Tony Stark mentions sounds like a Baptist preacher. <laughs> Apparently, so Ben Kingsley based the whole performance around that line in the script. Because okay. that was in the script. He read that Tony Stark says, talks like a Baptist preacher, and he ran with that. Which... But even then... Maybe what a foreigner would think a Baptist preacher would sound like. but Or he, like a cult leader. Yeah, but here's the other thing, too, is... He speaks with hard R's, and that's a uniquely American thing. Ready for another lesson. (laughs) America. (laughs) Because the hard R is incredibly difficult to do. It's not natural linguistically. Yeah. There's like one other dialect of a language somewhere in the world, I heard, that does a hard R, uh, like that R-R-R sound, other than us. No one, no other language does that because it's unnatural. You have to move the way you move your tongue is very weird. It's almost like you're growling. Yeah, and that's why like kids can't do it. Like you don't develop. A lot of kids will say like instead of girl, they'll say like ghoul, ghoul. Yeah, ghoul. Yeah, (laughs) they just can't do it because their mouths haven't developed. You you have to learn one. Yeah, your mouths have to develop, and two, you have to actually learn how to do it. It takes a long time. Yeah, yeah, and that's why like acting American is hard. Yeah. I mean, Ben Kingsley does it. He's British. He's British slash Indian. A lot of British people that do American accents, though, it's always Southern. Might be easier somehow. I don't know. (laughs) It was just always kind of like a mystery for me. Like, what? And I guess it works. Like, it works in in the context of that film. That, like, here's the Mandarin being, like, a crazy threat. They don't know what his motivations are. They don't know where he is in the world. They don't know where he's from. Like, it's, it's a mystery. He looks like he's kind of from the Middle East, but he has, like, this strange American-ish accent. Like, yeah. I don't know. Always kind of like, I like it, is my point. Yeah, no, it's <laughs> it's good. It did what it was supposed to do in the movie, which was basically scare the shit out of America. Yeah. Oh, I think that's one of the best parts of Iron Man 3, because that works. Yeah. Like, this is around the time of ISIS. Yeah, no, that, that in itself almost felt like a commentary. Oh, yeah. Actually, I don't even know you mentioned Iron it. Man 3 is a good movie. No, it's got so many little <laughs> plot problems that drive me insane. 
Like, just, we, I was going to argue about this earlier, uh, but before we even started all this stuff, but just little things like the suit make it, makes it from Tennessee to Miami in like a minute, like like in 30 seconds. It wasn't that yep, quick. It was. And they make note of it. So they double down because at one point they ask uh, that one side character. He's like, hey, how far is it from from here to Tennessee? And That's he goes true. like, oh, it's like uh 1,000 so many miles or whatever, or 800 miles. Yeah, and he's he's good like that. Oh, yeah, I'm just good like that. Like, okay, so you're bringing attention to the fact that this thing is going supersonic. Doesn't <laughs> he go supersonic while he's flying? Yeah, he goes like mock whatever, but like, you have to be in a blink of an eye. To There's get also him... not a person in the suit, so it can go that fast Mm-mm. without no. hurting anybody. Not to mention when that suit, because it's all locked up, the little kid, uh, Keener, he throws acid at the lock. Why? I guess he, he couldn't just unlock it. That's his house. That's, That's his... less of a plot hole, though, and more of a why'd he do that? Where'd he get it from? Why maybe, does he have it? Maybe Tony gave it to him to fight the bullies, <laughs> no, which is a problem if, in itself that he's if, giving his kid acid. Yeah, because the first one was non-lethal. Anyway, I can talk about Iron Man 3 for hours and all of the little mini plot holes. I'm not going to call them full-on plot holes. They're little kind of plot question marks. I mean, you go... But wait a second. And then my problem is if it was just one or two, it wouldn't be a big deal. There's 30 of them. You know what I mean? The movie is riddled with them to the point where I'm like, then why would you write this movie this way? I think it's one of the most fun MCU movies ever. I disagree. Um, <laughs> anyway, uh, we're talking about Wenwu. I love not just, you know, how they kind of fixed the Mandarin problem here. Is that they also made him like a great character in and of itself. Yes. Like, he has strong motivations. You believe him. You sympathize with him. A lot of the movie, I'm just like... Honestly, like, I hope they all kind of figure it out and get together and play some more DDR. Yeah, like, I, I don't want him to get killed. Yeah, <laughs> like, I want them to all be happy. I was like, maybe this will work out. Yeah, especially, like, they show flashbacks when he, like, he gave up the rings and, like, had a family and yeah. was being, like, a genuinely good father and family man. Yeah, sure, they showed us him murdering a bunch of people, too, but, you know, let bygones be bygones. Let's all work it out. <laughs> right, well, it was the whole, like, he he was legitimately trying to change. yeah. So, on the topic of the rings, we sort of alluded to it, but again, I didn't want to talk too much about it. You like them being, like, these more bracelet things? I do. I think, honestly, I think it translates really well to screen. Yeah. It looks cool. The power that they have themselves seems kind of vague, but based on a later scene, I think right. that's going to be explored more. But yeah, one of my problems with it is that they don't explain the rings at all. Because they do a, a fair amount of, like, backstory. Right. I, I do really like his ancient look with the long hair and the robes. Oh, yeah. Back in, like, the whatever century it was. Yeah, like two yeah. centuries prior or whatever. He says he's lived ten he's lifetimes li- or whatever. Yeah, he's, it's stated that he had the rings for, like, a thousand years or so. Sure. I think that was kind of a nod of, like, this is what you want, right? This is the Mandarin you want. Yeah. It's tasteful. Yep. But he's a normal man. He's modernized. He's wearing suits. Yeah. You know what I mean? Rolls up the sleeves, well, there goes his bracelets. Part of why I think they don't explain the rings is because I don't even think the characters know anything well, okay, about yeah, them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So my, that was a problem I had. What I'm getting to is what you said, is that there's a post credit scene where the origin of the rings are a mystery in and of itself. Right. That are going to be explored in a later time. And it seems like it's maybe part of something bigger. Maybe, yeah. A lot of like people maybe are... maybe a crossover event of something. Yeah, kind. a lot of people are saying... Um, wishful thinking people are saying like galactus i don't think it's galactus you know why because they're since they're bracelets instead of rings people are like oh well they're rings and they fit on something's finger <laughs> yeah so here's the thing though like in the comics the rings are 
alien, I believe. They are alien. Fin Fang Foom. Yep. Yeah. And that's what I've been reading. A lot of people think like there's supposedly a beacon in these rings sending a message that it might be sending something to Fin Fang Foom. That'd be strange. <laughs> it, it'd be weird. <laughs> I'm not against it. Like if they, they could fix the Mandarin, and they can fix Fin Fang Foom. Yep. One of the worst names for any <laughs> character. <laughs> Who, if you don't know, he's sort of a dragon, but he's actually an alien. He just looks like what we think of our folklore dragons he doesn't he kind of look like um the dragon ball z dragon he looks like the muscular one not the serpenty one yeah yeah i think he's the namekian one the namekian dragon yeah because he's he has like a like a normal torso he's got big fucking arms yeah but then he's also a dragon he's got like a big dragon head yeah that's what fin fang foom looks like so on the the rings thing like i'm mixed on it because on the one hand I kind of, I'm not one of the people that I'm like, oh, I wanted to see the real Mandarin on screen. I wanted the Ten Rings. I want him to be like a sorcerer, blah, blah, blah. But he kind of is a sorcerer, you know. In a way. The Mandarin. And so, I, like I said, I'm mixed. Because on the one hand, that would work really well if he was fighting Iron Man. Because he is an opposite to Iron Man. And Iron Man's technology technology and guns and blasters and whatever. And he has fucking magic. Space magic. <laughs> yeah. So how do you compete with that? Like, you yeah. know, like that's very interesting to watch. Whereas if he's fighting Shang-Chi, then like it kind of works better that it's more of a weapon, you know, like a, yeah. like a much more high techy like Kung Fu weapon. Yeah. You know, like it basically like he can punch really hard. He can throw them. They come back to him. He can use them to kind of fly. He blasts off with them and, and yeah. whatever. Something that I do like about them, though is that they kept the sentient nature of them because the Ten Rings are sentient and they could communicate with each other and apparently they make fun of one of the rings for not being as cool as the other ones. <laughs> like in the comics. <laughs> like they gang up on it. Yeah. Um, so in this, like, you know, they are dark in nature and they want Wenwu to do the dark thing and like unlock like the evil spirits or whatever. Right. And maybe they're out for self-perseverance. Maybe it's kind of like the One Ring, where it, it'll tell you whatever it wants in order to get back to the Dark Lord. Okay. Was it the rings talking to him, though? Or was it the creature talking to him because he had the rings? I thought it was the rings talking to him. Oh, I, don't you, know, I don't know if it's like super clear. You watched it twice, you tell they, me. <laughs> they mentioned that um, the beast behind the Dark Gate knows that the rings are the only thing that can free it. Oh... I'm not or sure if the rings he... themselves were talking though. Like you said, like the rings themselves aren't really we don't know a lot about them because nobody in the universe yeah knows a lot about them yet either. Yeah. Which I mean that's that's intentional because they're clearly setting something up. Yeah. And because of that, I'm okay with like I'm cool with like a slow burn on revealing things. Yeah, for sure. The other thing is like now that they belong to Shang-Chi, it's like if he has them now, I'm glad that they're not super magic-y. Because mm. he's not a magic-y character. He's no. a kung fu character. He's going he's gonna to use them in a more practical way. I exactly. Like. Yeah. And so, like, I'm happy because I don't want to see Shang-Chi not doing kung fu. That is his premise. Yep. It's like saying, like, oh, I'm going to give him an Iron Man suit. Why? That's not who Which, we use. Which, I mean, even Wenwu <laughs> used it as, like, kung fu weapons for the most part. That's what I'm saying. It's more like an elevated kind of kung fu weapon. Yep. You know, it's and it like, makes you immortal. That too. <laughs> but it's like, you know, using, you know, like the dagger ropes. There's a word. Rope dagger. That's what it's called. Rope dagger. Yeah. Yeah. Like using a rope dagger or like the bow staff or a sword or whatever. It's just like 10 times better than any of those things. Yeah. You know, he incorporates it into his fighting style and his martial arts. Yeah. 
I do like that really uh kind of brutal scene that we see like in the reflection when Wenwu is just like killing all those people in the little poker hall. That was really good. And you yeah. see him like lift up somebody with the rings while the other guy's shooting at him and yeah. he's just using the body as a shield. That was pretty cool. I like how he used it as a shield at one point too. Like yeah. he lifts his arm and they like circled around him or something. They like yep. blocked a bunch of bullets. At the beginning of the movie, he uses it to just block a bunch of arrows shooting down on him. Oh, that's right. Yeah. So yeah, pretty cool. And I noticed like during like the final fight that when Shang Chi had him, he was using him as kind of like platforms while he was like kind of like hopping across like the sky. I didn't know. Like that. he would like shoot the rings and they would like elevate. And he'd like hop on the rings. Oh wow! Which I thought was pretty cool. That's pretty cool. I didn't notice. That. I have to see it again. So, I feel like now I can talk about the things I don't like. (laughs) The third act of this movie is fucking kaijus. I was a little unpleasantly surprised by that, I think. It's not something I saw coming, and I wasn't pleasantly surprised. You know what I mean? I liked it. I don't know. Like, it made me think of, like, I was like, what other movie had, like, a third act that didn't seem like it belonged in the film at all? And I could think of, like, Aquaman, a movie that you hate. <laughs> I don't like Aquaman. I don't like the whole movie, though. It's, like, kind of a road trip with these, like, two characters, basically. <laughs> and and it then turns at the into end, a grand battle. It turns into this hep- this huge, epic, like, ocean battle. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's like Lord of the Rings all of a sudden. And you're like, what the fuck is happening? But there, is, there was something kind of fun about it where I was like, I'm, I'm down for it. Even though we're, like, we jumped into a different movie. And this one, I'm like, why are we riding dragons and fighting, like, like huge flying demons and the movie was building towards that the entire last like hour was it though yes (laughs) okay because see it introduced some mystical elements early on sure and then they ended up halfway through you meet uh what's his name the little creature little uh trevor's morris morris (laughs) (laughs) um meet morris and then some other mystical creatures and then they explain the dark gate and the giant creature behind it that steals people's souls (laughs) But my point is, two-thirds of this movie is very, like, grounded, hand-to-hand combat. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's just, like, human characters fighting with one another, and then it skips to riding giant dragons. Yeah, but, I mean, it takes its time to get there. I thought Does it, it took... I thought I it did. Oh man. I was just, like, I'm watching, and I'm like, is this how the movie's gonna end? Like, is this what we're doing here? Like, what are we doing here? And it's about damn time they introduce something, like, fantastical like this to the MCU. What do you mean? Have you seen Doctor Strange? Fantastical in the sense of like mythology type shit that isn't like alien creatures. Look, I'm not (laughs) disagreeing with you. I'm just saying like this movie was sold as a very kind of grounded concept. There's a dragon in the trailer. There's not a dragon in the trailer. There's those little, uh, those little, (laughs) those little lion things. You see the dragon in the water in the trailer. Do you really? Yeah. I saw the little lion things. I'm like, oh, cool. Ancient lions. I don't know. I thought it was just a super abrupt. So, like, if you're watching Black Widow, for example, first act, Black Widow doing her her Black Widow super spy stuff. Second act, she's finding the the red room or whatever. If in the beginning of the third act, Tony Stark shows up, he's like, "Hey, I'm gonna solve your problems. Take this Iron Man suit," and she hops in the Iron Man suit and just blows everybody up. You'd be like, "What is happening? This isn't a Black Widow That's movie not a anymore." Fair comparison. <laughs> I'm just feel. I just feel like the first act of this movie. Is they're in San Francisco and they have that great fight scene on, on the, the train. Bus. It is very hand to hand, and yeah, there is a character. There's Razor Fist who has <laughs> shout out to Razor Fist because you only know his name because they steal his car, which yeah. is the most gaudy thing, and has his name plastered all over it. That's my car. <laughs> yeah, no shit. <laughs> 
who has like a laser sword basically on his arm. Sure. Like little things like that. I'm like, yeah, that, that's all part. That's the Marvel universe or whatever. But then second act, they go to McCall and it's more of that kind of like hand to hand, very Kung Fu, very grounded, yeah, real stunts. They start introducing like more of the like. Yeah, Abomination and... Abomination, and, sure. Wong, you see an extremist guy fighting. Like, it's a bit more... Was there an extremist guy? There was an extremist guy. There was a Black Widow there. There was a lot. Oh, my God. <laughs> see, this is why I had to see it twice. I had to go see it with you again. But then third act, it's just like dragons fighting. You, do you see what I I'm saying? I think it builds up to... And the and dragon the, is even mentioned in the beginning of the movie by his mother. Yeah, but that doesn't mean we have to see it. And that's the other thing. It's that like, was the issue everyone had with Iron Fist, was that they mentioned the dragon, they never showed it. Yeah, but I was also kind of kidding. Like, <laughs> because here's the thing. I don't feel like it has to be all the time a Chekhov's dragon. Like, just because they mention it doesn't mean that you have to see it. That almost makes it too predictable. I honestly wanted them to close the gate without seeing the creature. I was like... Just be like, yeah, we, we saved the day, and we don't have to see that giant creature. Because what I... Like, it doesn't... You know what I... Like, I don't know. I think that would have been boring. I'm like, oh, I stopped you, Dad. And then they're done. Well, that's my point. I wanted the final conflict to story-wise connect to the rest of the conflict, which is the father-son conflict. I got tired of saying conflict too much. I'm like, this is this doesn't make any sense. But you, you know what I'm saying? It's like, that's the setup, is that this is going to lead to a fight between Shang-Chi and Wenwu. And they have the fight. They have the... Okay, they do. But it's just like, there's so much other CGI shit going around it that I'm like... And then when Wenwu didn't... realizes the error of his ways, he gives his power to his son, allows himself to die. He saves his son first. Well, I do like his redemption arc because you can't... You can't save him. Yeah. It's the Darth Vader problem. He did too many horrible things. Yeah, he, he, he has to <laughs> he die. He has to. The only way you can save the character, you either you can redeem the character, is that he, he's, like you said, it's easier. He dies wife, doing something heroic. But then he dies. Exactly. Yeah. He has to die. No, he can't live happily ever after. It's mm-hmm. too late for him. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's too late for you, man. Sorry. <laughs> like I said, I just I thought it was going to be very hand-to-hand the whole time, and then they're, they're at the gates of hell very abruptly, is all I'm saying, but... Although, and I'm, again, I'm mixed on those things because, like, at the same time, like, yeah, yeah, they did fight. And they're fighting with the rings. Even with the rings, it's still very martial arty and very kung fu-like. Although I kind of didn't understand why the rings just suddenly, like, change allegiance. Yeah, that was a little... It's almost like he took control of them for a second. Because they change colors. Right. They, they he, also change color. But, again, we don't know how the rings work yet. That's my assumption that they're going to... Exp- I don't even need a full explanation, but that they will get to like that a- at allude some point. to it or something. Yeah, yeah, because at one point he just takes five of them, uh, and, <laughs> and when it was like fuck, I only have five left, <laughs> and he's fighting with those five, and then he gets all ten, and they're circling around him like an atom. It was a very cool visual, but I'm wondering if it has something to do with the martial arts that he learned from his aunt a little bit. Yeah, but the rings had been exposed to that before, well, like the mom. She took control of the rings at one point too remember she like held them and then like threw them at him yeah i guess you're right all right so moving on from that my other complaint <laughs> is i feel like this movie doesn't have enough shang chi in it this is a common complaint for me and for us is like we see movies that were like not enough of the hero i mean mostly batman I think it's mostly ones. batman <laughs> yeah there's a couple other ones we we said but like i kind of want the star to be the star i don't think that's asking oh, too cowboys much. and aliens huh cowboys and aliens yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah right, right. yeah you know, I kind of want the star to be the star. And I felt like 
this movie has a lot of other characters speaking to Shang-Chi and him just kind of listening. I kind of feel like the main character was actually Wenwu. Yeah, and even Aquafina. <laughs> she had a lot of character development, actually. She had a lot to do. We <laughs> spent a lot of time with her, and it's fine because she's good. And we spent a lot of time with the Mandarin, which is also good because it makes him a good villain. But here's an example. The main theme of this movie seems to be that, like, you need to find your purpose and dedicate yourself to that in order to succeed. You can't just pussyfoot around for your whole life, right? But that theme, which applies to both Shang-Chi and Aquafina's character, what's her name? Katie. Katie. Seems to at least be exemplified better in Katie within the context of the film. That's right. her character development. That's her arc. Yeah. You know, because she is... She's uh, undecided on what she wants to do in life, and she's just kind of stuck in a rut. Yeah. And she even she admits commit it. She to anything. She's like, well, why waste my time if I'm not whatever? I'm just going to try everything and, and just whatever. And then that lady's like... In order... You're going to start shooting. Yeah. Well, she says, like, you need to point the arrow. Oh, well, yeah. If you don't aim at anything, you'll never hit anything. Exactly. Yeah. And it's great that she got that hit in. That kind of saved the day. Yeah. You know, that, that's all fantastic. I have no problem with that. I mean, at first I was like, is she really going to save the day right now? Like, and not Shang-Chi. But that wasn't the deciding blow or anything. She just kind of turned no. the tides. Yeah. Which was fine. It's great. But... Like, I look back, and this is why I need to see the movie again. I just don't remember him doing or, or speaking that much. I think most of his story arc was more of just, like, the family matters that were going on. Yeah, and I get that. Because was... a lot of this movie is, like, a family dispute, basically. Yeah, and it's fine, and I love all those themes. I just kind of feel like he didn't get a whole lot of screen time and a whole lot of, like, dialogue. I, I swear Aquafina has more dialogue than he does. She has more lines. She might. I'm thinking back to the movie and I saw it, you know, three days ago. I'm like, all right, what were the good scenes with him in it? The scene where he's sitting on the pond and he has a conversation with Aquafina. And that's kind of it. After that, I'm like, oh, the fight scenes. And, and he's got the fight scenes. I just he has remember... a lot of flashbacks, but that's like a different actor, but it's sure. still him. No, I understand. And the flashbacks were, were great. The storytelling was fantastic. The flashbacks are not chronological either. No. Which makes the storytelling even richer, I think, because you don't have to worry about it being in chronological order. You just tell what needs to be told. You know what I mean? Based on the situation that's Ex happening right exactly. now. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. If he doesn't have that much screen time, it's not something I noticed or was bothered by. His sister's talking to him a lot. Aquafina's talking to him a lot. Wenwu's talking to him a lot. And he's just sitting there listening. That's kind of my issue. And then you think back to like other origin stories in the MCU. The hero has the most screen time. You think like Captain America, Iron Man, Doctor Strange, Captain yeah. Marvel. Like they are not just the hero. They're like, they're the main character in their movie. And this is one where I'm like, I don't know. Like, and, and I'm not saying the movie needed to be longer because it's it's a good length. Just over two hours. It's over, yeah. yeah, it's like 2.15 or something like that, 2.16. And it works perfectly well in that time frame. I just feel like a lot of these scenes could have let him do more I have trouble seeing his character arc because he doesn't develop himself very much in the way the movie's written. You know what I mean? Kind of. Uh, I don't know. Uh, it's just not <laughs> It's not something I had any issue with. I'm also not sure about the music. Oh, I, lo like the music? I love the music. I, I thought it was really I good. It. I don't know if I liked it. Here's the thing. It's supposed to be like Eastern style music, mm -hmm. right? It's supposed to be like Asian inspired. Their kind of classical music is less bombastic as ours is uh, no, like it's a Western bit more style. like muted yes and that's what we got 
at no. the same time, like I and maybe it's just my Western thinking. I just wanted more umph in the score because there was the scene where he reemerges from the water on the dragon, right? Mm. And that's like the climax, right? You know, that is literally that's the hero's journey's resurrection, right? And uh, the music is really quiet and slow, and I'm like, I think that makes it more emotional. If it had a more identifiable theme, I would maybe agree with you. It reminds me a little bit of like um, when you see the dragons in Breath of the Wild, like music starts playing. But the music works better in that and it it makes it more kind of awesome. I mean that literally like it's awe-inspiring, you know, (laughs) like you're like, oh my God, there's a huge dragon right there. And you kind of just take it in for a second. Right. Or like if it was maybe a little bit more like Avatar, like Avatar is very Eastern inspired music, but... The music in that is incredible, you know, yeah. and it has that umph and it has like the like that delivery that I think this kind of didn't have. I don't know. I enjoyed the music in this movie and I'm kind of maybe the opposite with you when it comes to like Breath of the Wild, where I thought the music in Breath of the Wild was a little disappointing that it was so like. It's mostly non-existent too. <laughs> I Yeah. And like. But the dragon music is great. Maybe my issue with Breath of the Wild is that I'm so used to like, oh, a Zelda game is coming out. That means it's going to have an incredible soundtrack because Zelda always had like that bombastic music. Well, it does have music, just not when you're like in the main world. When you're just kind of like... It has like battle music and like... It's situational music. Yeah. But like in here, like I thought the music worked too. I don't know. Hmm. Like I said, I don't feel like this had like a real like leitmotif where you can recognize it. And be like, this is, you, you know, you can hum it, for example. Yeah. A lot of MCU movies don't, though. A lot of them do. And Avengers people think that does, they don't. does. And a lot and of them Captain do. America does. But it, you know what it was a lot like? It was, uh, it was similar enough to the, because we just watched it, the X-Men theme from the very end of the movie. That that's what was just stuck in my head the whole time. The X-Men music? The X-Men music when uh, Wolverine's up in the Statue of Liberty. And oh. Like, oh. Something else I really didn't like, too. There were some bad effects in this. And I think it might have been... I'm going to cut it some slack. It might have been our theater that we watched it in. I had thought the theater might have been out a little out of focus. What effects were you... There was a lot of, like, real-life effects that weren't very good. Then I'm like, Marvel should have, this, should have this down packed. There was, like, an explosion that looked really bad. There was some of the stuff on the bus that didn't look very good. And I was, I was honestly really surprised at how, like, unfinished those effects looked. And then some of those creatures didn't really look, like, complete. Like, the textures on them didn't feel very good. And I, like, I think it might have been the theater's fault. Like, I'm going to give it the benefit of the doubt. The only effect that I might have any, like, qualm with was, like, um, the stuff that looked like airbending a little bit with the leaves and stuff. Some almost seemed a little too floaty at times to where it's, like, that doesn't seem... Like, something in my brain just wasn't letting that click for me. Hmm. But that that's all for me. Well, a lot of that, I think, worked for me because their style is supposed to be mystical and magical. And, like, mm-hmm. yeah, they can kind of float and fly and shit. Which is a great contrast to, like, all the other martial arts, which is very hard-hitting and believable. Like, visceral. It might have been that it. it looked so real that the physics just weren't, like... Like, my mind was like, this, something's not right. Like, even some of those creatures, I was like, they could have done a little bit better, I think. Like, it didn't feel like like the Marvel, like, budget, you know? What was the budget for this movie? Did they put know. as much money into it as other movies? It just didn't feel, you know what I'm saying? Because they did say that this movie was an experiment. 
Yeah, he was. <laughs> Bob Shapik was talking about like the uh, forty-five minute window. Like specifically, that's what he was referring yeah. to. Yeah, a lot of articles took it out of context. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I did too. I was like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> okay, so overall pros and cons because I didn't just hate the movie. I actually really liked it. I really liked that there wasn't a forced love subplot in this. Yeah, like Be- they're just very good friends. Yeah. And if that develops into something in the future, okay. But, like, as of this movie, like, that was totally fine. Just leave it, I feel like. You know, and especially in a movie that has a lot to do. Like, and and I'm the one. Yeah. I'm over here complaining, like, oh, yeah, he didn't have enough to do or whatever. Don't also try to squeeze in, like, a like a love story. Right. right? Like, him and Aquafina's character, like, I don't buy them as, like, a romantically interested thing. Like, I honestly just think, like, these are two friends, like. They look like friends. They're like best friends. Honestly, they their rapport, the way like their chemistry feels like these are just two best friends in a platonic relationship. And I'm Which glad not to enough see movies that. do. That's what my point. Yeah. I'm glad that we get to see that because I feel like part of the reason why in real life people think that they can't be friends with like the opposite sex Jesus. is because they don't it's because what we see in TV and movies that whenever you know you're shoved in, in a room with the opposite sex, there's sexual tension. No, there's not. Like, if you're ridden in an elevator with someone, there's not. That's just... Just in an elevator. Man, I really want to fuck this person. Yeah. (laughs) I guess, uh, according to the plot, we're going to end up together because we're in a a scene together. No. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so I like that they just... They're just friends, and that's fine. And you don't have to read into it. Like, that's just it. And that's why I kind of hope it doesn't develop into anything. I hope they each get their own love stories in a movie that can allow for that. But... Or they can both just be alone. Or that too. Yeah, why not? <laughs> not everybody needs one. <laughs> and then and my cons, just to reiterate, music didn't work for me. It, it kind of worked and it kind of didn't. Some of the effects didn't seem finished. That third act, I liked it. I just didn't feel like it belonged in this movie. It, or at least it was very abrupt. Also, the fighting at the end, where they're just kind of like, the whole movie, people are like killing each other. They're hard-hitting fights. And then at the end, because they're going to team up, like the Ten Rings and the Tao Lo people, right. the fighting didn't seem real anymore. And then they're like, hey, should we all just be friends? And they're like, yeah. <laughs> that was a little quick, I think. <sighs> they kind of justified it, though, with like literally having that creature come and like immediately kill like the badass Ten Rings guy within like a second. I meant to look that character up. Is he from the comics? He was I'm awesome. Not, I'm not sure. He was cool. Uh, definitely a cool costume. Well, that's my point, is that it looks very comic-inspired. Yeah, and it might Shit, be. Shit, I forgot to look him up. Whatever. I think his name was Death Dealer. That sounds right. Yeah. Yeah, I get it. That's how you write it. <laughs> yeah. But it just felt like, you know, these people were... They're in a cult. You know, they've been trained to follow Wenwu right. to the end. And here they are, and they're like, all right, yeah, we can work together. Why not? <laughs> like, we haven't gotten orders from Wenwu. He's still actually trying to, still trying to break in, but let's just team up i don't know i thought that was, that was a bit abrupt for me i guess not a problem for you <laughs> not as much like i noticed it but it didn't ruin anything for me yeah my smallest complaint also is that there were some masks in the movie like some extras were like in masks because like this was filmed during covid <laughs> oh yeah and <laughs> i mean it's just this it's this kind of the selfish desire that you know, for like escapism that like, I don't want to think about COVID when I go see a Marvel movie, you know, (laughs) some other, I mean, this is not the only thing that's been made during COVID, but 
in other movies like obviously like when they were filming this they have like separation and they have testing and masks offset and yeah the people all in front of the camera have to be like tested or else the whole production shuts down that's how movies have been so like the big pain in the ass yeah <laughs> after all that you know just to see some of the extras still in masks i was like oh no <laughs> was it because i didn't notice that was it during the scenes while they were in asia though because they wear masks there regularly when they're sick i was gonna bring that up actually or was it in san francisco because it be was a little bit more yes so there was in mccall okay club that they fight in when they're in there some of the extras are wearing masks and like you said like in asia or in china specifically that's, like that's the norm yeah people wear masks all the time because they are so heavily populated even during like flu season a lot of people are just in masks to like stop that and they have more epidemics than we do yeah COVID aside but then also towards at the very end when sai ling the sister oh when she takes over like the 10 rings mm. and she's training like women and they're like fighting. Some of the girls are wearing masks too. And they're not like ninja masks. It's not. Yeah, it's that. Well, that's my point. You could have made them ninja masks and solves the problem. Yeah. They're wearing like black medical like, masks. Medical masks. And I'm like, like really? <laughs> like, or you could have CGI them off too. Like, there are so many times where they CGI things off. Like Henry Cavill's mustache. I mean, they CGI off good things though. Like, and even in the background, you wouldn't be able to tell because they're background characters. Like. Right. I saw a tweet when we were doing Scott Pilgrim where Edgar Wright was, he showed a clip of Baby Driver. Like he's in the movie in a reflection. And he's he, like, oh shit. Yeah. And so <laughs> what they did is that they CG, like they didn't mean for that to happen. They CGI'd his monitor that he was looking at into an iPhone. Okay. But they left him in just for fun. But, you know, stuff like that, they still do that. Uh, in Shazam, there's mm. a scene where they're in a shopping mall. And okay. a bunch of crew members got accidentally into the shot. So oh. they CGI'd some shopping bags in their hands to make them look like extras. But they weren't extras. They were actually crew members. Oh, no. So, like, you can do stuff like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. I feel like you can. I don't know. Or, again, make them all ninja masks. That seems like the easy way to do it. Yeah. Don't make them look like they're, like, living COVID <laughs> in the MCU. I don't want that. Does COVID exist in the MCU? No, I hope not. They <laughs> COVID exists in the Assassin's Creed universe. Does it really? It does. That's in so the newest weird. game when you're looking through emails, they're actually like talking about it. Ew. <laughs> Look, I'm not I don't want anyone to misunderstand me. I am not anti mask at all. All I'm saying is I'm watching a piece of fiction. <laughs> like <laughs> I don't want to see it in my fiction, is all I'm saying. But I think that's pretty much it. Overall, like I said, good movie. I really liked it. I don't want people to misunderstand my my qualms with it i just eh, a couple things here and there a couple flaws i thought so you hated it <laughs> yeah right <laughs> <laughs> again i really like this movie i've seen it twice i really wouldn't mind seeing it again I i'm gonna see it again soon so i had a lot of fun watching it you definitely need to see it yeah. again i also have a regal pass i can just see it however many oh, you can I see want. it yeah whenever the <laughs> hell you feel like it but yeah i highly recommend it i'm it's a positive review for me all the way yeah, no, same. Like I said, I okay, I was sold on Marvel Kung Fu, and I got Marvel Kung Fu, and I'm happy about that. It was, in that sense, fantastic. Yeah, a couple story things, a couple character things, not a big deal. Overall, really liked it. Okay. Apparently, one of the little fights was in homage to Jackie Chan, and I was like, it's definitely the one where he uses his jacket as a weapon. Oh, absolutely. And then puts it back on. Yep. 
That was fucking amazing. That was on the on the bus, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, that's a Jackie Chan thing. Yep. Jackie Chan was like his style is using his his environment. Anyway. So I guess that's it. Yeah, that's pretty much it for us, guys. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you for subscribing if you're on a platform that does that. Um, thanks for leaving a nice review if you do that. And if you haven't yet, please leave a nice review or rating on Apple Podcasts. I think you can do it on Google and some other. Definitely do it on Amazon. Also, thank you for telling a friend if you've told a friend. And if you haven't told a friend, please tell a friend. Yeah. Like, that's what you do. That's how people find the things that Word they of like. mouth, because we <laughs> don't have money for advertisements. Yeah, I'm not doing that. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you can find us on Instagram. We're at Films from the Phantom Zone. And you can find us on Twitter at Films from PZ if you want to argue with us. Most of our arguments have actually been on TikTok. Yeah, we're on TikTok, and that's where people like to really pick a bone. So if you want to argue with us there, I guess you could. Apparently, we uh, we get really worked up about these things. We just really upset people yeah, on TikTok. We're, just, we're angry pieces. Of, what were we called? Pieces of garbage. Someone called us garbage. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're garbage. <laughs> he was mean. <laughs> it was two insults in the same comment. Yeah. It, was, it was great. Was that the that guy was racist too? I don't know if that was the same guy. There was a guy that was like, oh, next thing you know, you guys are going to be saying that Birth of a Nation isn't a racist movie. And I'm like, it is a racist movie. What are you talking it's about? It's taught in film classes that it's a racist movie. <laughs> it's so, the most racist movie there is. So, yeah. Yeah, you can definitely, uh, if you want to take a big shit on us, you can do it there, I guess. Yeah. All these episodes are available on YouTube. If you want to be a part of the show, you can be. Because we record all these episodes live on Twitch. It's mostly us hanging out. Having technical difficulties, checking our internet speeds, mispronouncing having, things. Oh yeah, just googling things on the spot. But hey, if you want to be a part of that, you want to see how the sausage is made, and you want to hang out in the chat, some of that stuff ends up in the episode. So if that sounds good for you, that's on Twitch.tv/filmsfrompz. We do that most Mondays. Not every Monday, but many, many Mondays. Yeah, how about th- that? there was a point where we took like three weeks off in a row, but yeah, well, yeah, that's fine. We're still ahead. Sometimes you need time off. Other than that, guys, that's been it. I forgot to introduce myself. My name's Arnaldo, <laughs> and I'm joined by Birdo. If you haven't, if you don't know us yet, but that's it for me. So you guys have a good week. <laughs> Bye. Bye. <laughs>